worship we get to have and, you know, come before the Lord. And, you know, I just want to say um, we have this wonderful pastoral team. My name is Toby, the lead pastor, but we have Phil, the executive pastor, Jenny, associate pastor. We have this wonderful team. We have the Nichigo pastor, Pastor Hirayu. It, we have a wonderful, wonderful pastoral team here. And it's just such an honor to serve God and serve you here and just welcoming uh, everybody to this place, Orange Coast Church. Now, um, every summer, um, whoa, I hear you, I hear you. All right, but every summer, um, you know, we, I'm Japanese, um, if, if you couldn't tell already, but you know, there's this uh, Japanese high school baseball tournament every summer. It's called Koshien. And uh, I don't usually watch this, but this year I heard that it is something that is on, I could see on my phone. So I've been following this, and uh, this is kind of like American equivalent of maybe March Madness, where it's like a knockout round, and as people are playing. And this year, there was this team that I just fell in love with. It's called Kanaashi Nogyo. I won't ask you to say that with me, but it is this team that is from Akita Prefecture, and it is like... They're, you know, a very countryside of Japan. Nobody really, uh, you know, that, that is kind of a forgotten area of Japan a little bit. It's not like Tokyo or Osaka. And this team right here is this real scrappy team. They're, just, they're a local team, and every player on that team is, like, from a local village. And they're coming together, this high school. So baseball is all they got. And other teams in the tournament, they're, like, you know, they're elites. You know, they're, like, scholarship kids that, you know, of course they're good because they have people from all over the country playing for that team. And this Kanashi Nogyo, this team, the purple team, they are just this local group of kids. And they just keep winning this tournament. It's like this Cinderella story. And it's just people of all over Japan. They just got hooked onto this team and they were cheering for them because they were just hungrier than any other team out there. You could just feel it, you know, they, because baseball is all they got. They have just nothing else to do, but they're just so passionate. You could just tell in the way they play, even the way they sing their like school song. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I just kept following them and they just kept winning. They're just um, hungry than any other team. At, they went to the final and the other team they played was like this elite group and they, they did lose in the very last game, but it was just the story that took Japan by storm. And this, this concept of being hungry was something that hit me. And I felt this concept of hungry is so important in our relationship with God. Are you with me? You see, are we hungry for more of God? Or are we just like, oh, I'm full, I'm good? You know, that's what we like to feel because... It's good to be full, but then are we getting ourselves in this mode of hungry each and every day? Because we have a, a hill to climb. We have a journey to have, we, to make. We have this battle to win. If we're not hungry, we can't move along. And so this concept of being hungry, we have a vision of overflowing to the next generation and to the communities. If we're not hungry, we can't do that. It's not going to happen. We need more and more of God each and every day. Remember the time in the Old Testament where the manna came every morning. Manna is this, this bread-like material that God provided every day for the Israelites. And they couldn't stock it. They just have to go seek it every day. This fresh manna that we are seeking is the Word of God. Are we seeking that daily? 
We can't stock it up. But it is something that we're always constantly being hungry for. This concept of hungry, it's been on my heart during just felt God gave that in, during the summer. And I just felt like this was for Orange Coast, our church. Because we want to be a church, a group of people, a group of followers that are continuous, being hungry for God. Just like the video says, we, our attitude is like, we need you, God. We can't live without you. We're desperate for you. And that's the attitude that we, I would love to see all of us being engaged in. Because it's so easy, like I mentioned earlier, to be full, to be comfortable, and, we, to, and lose our hunger. Let's revive that hunger in us if you are. Maybe for some of you, let's begin to feel hungry for the first time for God. Apostle Paul, he was a, a, a church, uh, and he was a leader, church leader, and he wanted to see all that in the people that he's writing this letter to. And a lot of the New Testament is consisted of his letters. And the, the common theme is that his addresses to the church is like, I want you to be hungry. I want you to continue to be hungry as a follower of Jesus, but also as a church of Christ. We're going to use the book of Romans from these several weeks to look at this concept of being hungry, diving into that, and being hungry for more and more and more of God. I think the baby's hungry. He's crying. And that's what we want to be. You know, we want to be hungry. We want to be crying out to God every single week. Ah, oh, feed me, God. Feed me. That's exactly what we want to be. And today's theme, as we open up chapter 1 of Romans, is holiness. What is holiness? We're going to look into that. But just giving you a background in the, in the book of Romans, Paul is the author to the Romans. But he's never been to Rome. It's not like the other books where he planted a church and he's writing to his people. He's hearing that people from all over in Rome is gathering. The Christians are gathering and form the church. And he's like, oh, I want to go there and bless them. But he couldn't. So he's writing this letter to develop their faith. And Paul has this father-like attitude. Paul used to be a Christian killer. He was an enemy to the Christians, but now he is a Christian leader who just want to see these people grow and to stay hungry. And that is his heart. He's writing to them. And he's like, continue to grow despite all the ungodly values that is just permeating throughout the city of Rome. Because remember, Rome was the capital of the world. It had all the power. It had all the riches. It had all the cultures gathering. It's like the central city. Imagine New York. Imagine L.A. and Orange County. Imagine like Tokyo, Shanghai. I mean, those are the places where so many cultures and people gather, brings their own value, and it becomes this metropolitan attitude. And that was kind of like Rome at that time. And Paul, in chapter 1, addresses the ungodliness, the unholiness that is existing, that is affecting the people. And he's like, watch out. Watch out for those values. He's saying that people in different uh, uh, translation of Romans 1, it talks about people are illiterate in regards to life and holiness because they just do whatever they want to do. See, as people, we all are given the chance to worship God. We all, all of us, there's no excuse to that. There is this concept of God that we get to see and we get to choose to worship. But people some oftentimes just refuse to worship. Rather, what they want to do is to just indulge in their own desires. And that is happening in Rome. And just be honest, it's happening today in our world, don't you think? 
And that is exactly why we have this Romans that as a guidance, as a word of God to guide us in this life. And he says that people worship God that they make to, and choose not to worship God who created us. I mean, that is this ironic reality that he's addressing. And he says, that's just silly. What is the result of that, especially in this context of Romans, was sexual confusion. People were just so confused. They just do whatever they want. And uncontrollable desire and lust. And just falling, people fall, just losing and falling to their satisfying of their own desires. And they just do whatever they want. And what does that lead to? Where does that lead to? It leads to corruption. And that was happening, and it is happening now today. And what, is, what that does is people are moving further and further away from God who created us. So to that, Paul is writing to say, hey, we cannot be that way. Let's take a stand. Because we cannot go back to that if you are kind of going back to that. Or you cannot stay there. You cannot stay in the context, in this, in this mode of uh, just satisfying your own desire. We have to seek God. We need to make a stand. We have got to seek for holiness. Stay hungry for that holiness. That's the key. So, we've been talking about the context of Romans and how it applies to us today. But, what is holiness? I mean, it's a concept that even as Christians, we kind of get it, but kind of, you know, it's, it is a pretty vague term that we hear it all the time the holy bible the holy church saint whatever you know those are all holy there's a it's almost used all over but sometimes what is that so let's review basically it's two meaning to holiness or holy holiness is one a character or nature of our god that's what makes him God. He is holy. He is without any sin. He is perfect. He is the source of all life. And this holiness is an attribute or a character or what describes God. And what separates us from God is his holiness. You follow me? So that's one definition of holiness. But there is another definition of holiness that applies to each and every one of us. It is the way we ought to live. As Christians, the way of holiness, because that is the way of Christ. So it is one nature of God, and it is the way of our lives. Because God is so holy, He requires us to be, He requires holiness in order for us to have a relationship with God. For example, remember there is a story of the burning bush in the Old Testament with Moses. Moses was a, a leader that God is calling out to lead his people. And, and, and what, what is he's walking in the desert, he sees this bush, this, this burning bush that is not consuming. It just keeps on burning. And it is the presence of God that is right there. And, and, and Moses walks up to that bush and, he's, and he hears the voice of God. He says, you're stepping on holy grounds. Take your shoes off. Take your, take your sandals off. And, and, and the holiness of God is, is, is so holy that people with sin, even Moses as a leader, he cannot get close to it because it is so separate. It is what distinguishes us and God. And he says, you can't step into this. People in the Old Testament, and, and even Moses, there's many times when Moses can even look at God's presence face to face because he is so holy. 
and we are not. In the Old Testament, there were these laws that keeps people holy. 613 laws that people are to follow to make sure that they are in good standing with that of holiness, that they keep themselves clean. And there's rituals uh, that, that, um, that happen all over to cleanse them when they walk into the temple. And those are the laws that people had to t- make in the Old Testament times. And if there's a sin in their lives, then they have to be cleansed. They have to go through these rituals. They have to give a sacrifice of a clean animal, and that would wash their sins away so that they could walk into the presence of God in the temple. I mean, that, is, that was the Old Testament. But enter Jesus. This is where it all changes. He's the Son of God who took all the sin and became that sacrifice. And on Him was the sins of all humanity, present, past, future. I mean, it was all on His shoulder. And He took our sins and died on the cross. Because of that sacrifice on this cross, this is what makes our relationship with God possible. Obviously, this is a foundation of the gospel message. We have, But why is that so important? Because we forget. We sometimes, busyness of life takes away from the foundation. So today we have communion to remember that sacrifice that what Jesus did that made us holy again, to clean again, whole and pure again. And that is what we get to commemorate today as a church. What a beautiful day that is. But here is what's so beautiful about how Romans opens up in verse 4. And this, I'm going to read from the NRSV version. This is talking about Jesus. And he was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. By resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, this is so cool. The resurrection of Jesus proved something. That Jesus died with our sins, but he resurrected on the third day. And that proved something so important. I don't want you to miss this, but it proved that Jesus lived a holy, sinless life. Because if he did, if he ever made any sin, just like you and I, if he had any sinful thought in his, he wouldn't have raised from the dead. He couldn't have. Because the holiness is a nature of God. And only God has that. So that when he rose from the dead, it proved that one important thing, that he lived a holy life. He was the Son of God. And the price that he paid, the debt was paid in full. There is no longer condemnation because of our sin to those who believe. And that is the gospel message. Because of what Jesus has done, we've been saved. Amen? That was weak, man. Come on. We've been saved by the blood of Jesus. And that's in Romans 16. For I am not ashamed of that gospel. This is Paul saying, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. And for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The goodness and the justice of God is revealed in this gospel. Righteous, that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. We get to live by faith that this is what took place on the cross for you and I. If you want to receive this salvation, maybe for the very first time, this gospel message that will change your life today could be the day. That's, that's, and if that's, that's, that's you, let's pray together later. So let's review. So holiness is what God requires because that is His nature. So the question is, are we holy? 
Are we? The, 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 the key to that question is, who's we? Is it just you and I? If that's the we we're talking about, then no. We are not holy. We're unclean, right? I mean, we, we cannot do this. But if we, as if in life with Jesus, who, has lived, who lives in me, that gives me the strength and the immeasurable peace with God every single day, is it, are we talking about we in terms of this church that is the bride of Christ who has risen from the dead with the resurrection power to give us strength each and every day and there's nothing impossible in Him and with Him all things are possible and He is our Christ? And by all means, yes, of course. We are the moment that we accept His grace and His power and His resurrected power. Yes, we are holy. And that is the reality that I want, I do not want everyone, I want everybody to really ponder upon and, and, and just anchor our thoughts on. Because, you know, God sees us perfectly holy, without sin. Because God, the Father says, because my Son has taken your sins away. All I see you is my Son in you. We are holy. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, what do we do? Should we live just indulging in that grace, saying, oh, he's going to see, I'm clean, so let's just do whatever the heck I want. Because he's going to forgive me anyways. We're just going to, we'll be cleansed. We're clean, so let's just do whatever I want. Should, does that, should be that attitude? Is that our attitude? Of course not. Of course not, because it is going to be, if that is something that we know from heart, then it's going to be our joy. To be more and more like Christ who gave everything for us and striving for the life of holiness that He lived. That is going to be our attitude. However, 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 the enemy, there is an enemy that wants us to separate us from God. To, to, for us to, to be confused. There is a power that is at work that wants to separate us from God. See, we just saying earlier, nothing separates us from God. But there is a power that tries to do that. And in this world, the worldly values will let us do that. Just like what is happening in Rome. All these values and all these power people want us to believe. So this this enemy and the world tries us to teach us a different, completely different narrative. And I believe that narrative is compromise. You can't be perfect. Look at you. Look, just, just be honest with yourself. You can't be perfect. There's no way you could be holy. There's no way you could do this. And trust me, I, I, I fall for this a lot. I'm, like, oh, I'm not good enough. That's what I feel sometimes. And, and just to settle for a compromise solution. Because we can't do it, why even try? And we begin to settle for our standard. Our very best. Well, as long as we're doing our best, it's okay, right? We, we, we see God's best. God's standard is way up here. And we just compromise. We're, we're just, okay, I'm, I'm all right. I've done my best. And we begin to settle for that. But truth is, God never stops inviting us. God never stops inviting us to be more and more like Christ. He never stops inviting you to be more and more Christ-like. So the question is, in our regards to our life, in regards to holiness, 
in our actions, in our thoughts, in our habits, lifestyle, interest. Are we moving towards His holiness or moving away from His holiness? We like to say we're right in the middle. We're neutral. We're, we're kind of safe. You know, we're not moving this way, but at least we're not moving away. See, that's what we like to think. The middle ground, which actually does not exist. Because that's exactly where the enemy wants you to feel like you're in. Because you're not trying. You're not even, you don't even, you don't think, you don't see that urgency to move towards God. But what is actually happening is if you're not moving close to God and moving towards God, then you're actually moving away. There is no middle ground. That's why the concept of hungry is crucial. Because when we're hungry, we want to go towards God. When we're hungry, we're, we're like, we can't stay here. See, that's why hungry is so important. As a free Methodist church, we believe in this concept of the, of the concept of entire sanctification. And that's a big word. That's, you know, we're, we're, you know, that's another day's category. But what it really means is that we believe that we could be like Christ. doesn't mean that we could attain perfect holiness on our own. But we could be living in that direction. And we could grow in more and more towards Christ. And, until, and eventually, there is entire sanctification, entire holiness, so to speak. And I believe we could do that as well. I truly believe that. And I hope you do too. And how can I be so sure that we could be holy? It's because the spirit of holiness of Jesus Christ that raised Him from the dead, that gave Him resurrection, is alive within us. Amen. So for that reason, I am so sure that we could do this. But it's also, I am sure, because we're going to be a church that is going to stay hungry. We're going to be doing that. More and more to be like Christ. That's why we got our small groups, our life together groups, right? Come on now. I mean, that's how we're going to get to the nitty-gritty of life, and we're going to grow together, and we're going to continue to dive in this concept of growing towards Christ together. And that's what we're going to do. And and, and things of this world, like injustice, ungodliness, hunger, those are things that's going to bug us more and more because we're going to have the heart of Jesus. And because our, our values... We'll continue to seek what, value, what God values. And in that value, we're going to have this desire to wanting to pass along to the next generation. And then, and then our hearts will break for what breaks God's heart. So that's what we're going to be engaging in missions and overseas and local. And we want to be sending missionaries. I mean, those are the thoughts that it's going to happen in the sinful life. We'll convict our hearts. I want to end by with a story of an awful gardener. I'm a bad gardener. I'm bad gardening. Pastor Phil, on the other hand, is a wonderful gardener. He, his, his coffee plants are growing. I'm like, whoa, that is not me. But actually, that is not what I'm talking about. It, awful gardener is a nickname for one of the most notorious men in New, uh, New York City history. His name was Orville Gardner. And his name 
was awful Gardner because he was so bad. His reputation, he was actually a trainer of a prize fighters. I mean, that just sounds bad. And, you know, and, and, you know, that's what he did. And he was just, just being in, getting in trouble often in his life. Unfortunately, one day he, uh, his beloved son, this baby died. So he spent most of his time at the bar, just drinking, drinking. And one night he was drinking. It was this one hot, steamy summer and he's drinking. He's like, oh man, life sucks. But he just kept on drinking. Like, but it's hot in here, so let's 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 go outside and take a breath of fresh air. He went outside and he looked up to the sky. You know, in between the high buildings, he saw this star, bright star, shining right back at him. And he thought to myself, he thought to himself, I wonder where my baby boy is tonight. Then a thought came down to him like a lightning. Just boom, it came to him. And the thought was, wherever he is, you will never see him again unless you change your life. That night, the Spirit of God touched him. And he came, he, he hurried from the bar to the, his mom's place where he knew that she was a godly man. And she, he went to her room. And he asked her, would you pray for me? She's like, course i've been waiting for this moment all my life and she prayed and she led him to christ that evening everything began to change in his life he went home and he knew that he kept this jug of whiskey in his home and he didn't know what to do with it because he was addicted to that he's like what do i do with this because i don't want to depend on this anymore so he's like what do i do what do i do so he actually went to the river he had a boat and he started rowing right and he went to this to this little island. And he's like, he took this jug of whiskey and he put this on the rock. He knelt down and he prayed to God, Lord, I fought for this jug of whiskey for all my life. Would you take it away from me? And he just knelt and prayed and asked God for deliverance and God gave him the deliverance. So he's like, okay, thank you, God. I am free. I don't need that anymore. But what do I do with this? I don't want to break it. I don't want to break this because the fume is going to get to me and he's going to go, wow. He knew that. He was smart. But he didn't want to just leave it there because what if someone else gets it and become drunk? No, he didn't want to do that. So he did was he started digging a hole with his heels and he just dug a hole and he put this jug of jar of whiskey and he buried it. It was a symbolism in his life. He buried his past and it was gone. He left the island as a freed man with deliverance. He later became a, a preacher of the gospel. He started sharing his message at local prisons. In one of the prisons, he shared that. It was one man who was also very notorious, but one of the men, his name is Jerry McCauley. And his testimony of redemption led Jerry to Jesus. And after Jerry got out of prison, he also became a pastor. And he started this ministry called Macaulay Water Street Mission. And it was the first rescue mission in our country, in lower Manhattan. And that, that impacted many, many lives to come. It started out with awful Gardner or Orville Gardner's redemption story of him being delivered by the Spirit of God. And God has given him the heart of Jesus. 
Romans 1.24 says this, Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served and created things served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. There is a world that is dying because of sin. And we need to share the hope of Jesus, the gospel message of Jesus. Because that's the only thing that will free us. But it starts with our lives. Are we living a life that is pleasing to God? Are we living a life that is moving towards Jesus every day? Who needs repentance this morning? I know I do. But the good news for that is that God will not despise a contrite heart, a repenting heart. God will not despise that. So are we hungry for holiness? We probably need to make some space for that because we fill our lives, we fill our hearts with lots of junk and the different values that is not of God. We probably need to make space to be hungry for God more. And is there an area in your life that perhaps you've been compromising that could be freed from that sin? In a moment, I'm going to pray. And maybe there is an opportunity where you could just release and say, God, would you take this away? Just like Orville, just like how he prayed to God. Maybe it is an addiction like him to alcohol. Maybe it is an addiction to something else. Maybe it is lust or sinful nature that is not of God, and you know that's not of God. If you want to turn your life around and begin seeking God, maybe you felt like the, the, the neutral ground was okay, but that is moving you further and further away from God. Maybe today could be a day where you could start moving towards God. Imagine Imagine all of us being hungry for more holiness like Jesus, more and more. Just imagine that, that church being so hungry for holiness. Just imagine all the lives that will be impacted as a result of that decision. Let us be a church that can stay hungry for more of God, striving for holiness. Weekly challenges up here. Let us read Romans 1. And also, if you are unsure, if you want to understand more about holiness, would you go to YouTube and just type in holiness and Bible project. And there is a six-minute animation clip that's called holiness that is made by the Bible project. And it's really good. It's really, it helps us to understand the concept. There's this really big concept of holiness in a, in a six-minute clip. So if you could do that, that'd be great. And then grow. Is there an area in your life that you've been compromising or maybe forgetting to seek God's holiness? So how could we be more hungry for God's holiness? And then lastly, overflow. Do you have a story or testimony of redemption that God freed you from sin? Share that with someone. I know I've been freed from addiction of tobacco. I, I, I was... I was it's kind of hard when my mom's in the room, but, you know, like, I, I've been, I, I grew up, hey, break yeah, break those chains, break right? Those chains. Yes, right, that's right. So, I mean, but I, I, I had that in my life, and it is, it is now I'm freed, and God's helped me from that. 
You know, maybe you have a story similar to that that you could share with somebody this week as we overflow. Can we pray together? Oh, Heavenly God, Father, you are so holy. You're so different from me that I can't even dare to look at you eye to eye if it wasn't for Jesus who bore our sin, bore my sin, who took on my sin and died on the cross as a sacrifice. I don't even know why you would do that for me. But you did because you care for me. You love me. Therefore, I could see you, God, eye to eye and say, I am yours. You are my father. You're my friend. We could say that. God, we thank you for that truth. Once we experience that, Help us to live in holiness, moving closer and closer to you each and every day, being hungry for that. And maybe if there is an area of our lives that we've been just been compromising to say, I did my best. God knows that, so I should be all right. I don't need to, I just need to stay where I'm at. Help us to break the chain of the lie of the enemy. Help us to say, I am going to walk towards Jesus today. Give us the courage to bring that before you this morning. God, we are redeemed by the grace of God. We've been redeemed because of this gospel message that Jesus took our sins, but resurrected to life, to give us this new life. So help us to to embrace that more as a church, as an individual, as a family, but also know that we need to stay hungry for that more and more. So God, as we enter into this time of communion, may this be a time where we could come before you and just just release, release, and accept what is you, what, accept what you have to offer to us today. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray.